I feel so lonely and I know I'm not the only one to ever feel this way. I love you so much, I lose track of time, I lose track of the days. I'm going out of my head, I'm going crazy, out of my head. Can't think about nothing but your good episode. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. And this is Gonzo. Gonzo, how you doing? Good. I'm happy to see you. I missed you, Steve. I've missed you too. How are you feeling? You know, because like, I remember the last episode, you're like, oh man, I started the year, I'm feeling rough. And I'm like, Who do, who's on? The, who's our guest? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sounds kind of serious. Let's get past this real quick. So, how are you doing? I'm feeling good. I, uh... I, I think I've just been stressed. I've been le- letting life happen to me rather than being in control. And I, you know, you and I were just kind of talking a little bit. Like things are good. I I'm happy. I, uh, life is good. I think I was just kind of. I love being a dentist. People management is kind of hard at times because like you have yeah. you have people shifting around and um, I had, so I had someone quit. So like trying to find somebody. Like, we're a small practice. There's five or six of us. Like it's not it's not big. And so when we don't have certain spots filled like everyone kind of starts to pull a little more weight and like i i'm i can't say enough good about the people that i work with like it's it happens to just be ladies like they're amazing i love them and i would do anything for them and and so i it's just been a bunch of stuff kind of going on in that way but other than that like, th- like things are good just a new year yeah a new year hey so Gonzo, who do we have on tonight so tonight we're gonna talk to Jeff Hoskins. I have I really haven't seen him in like since high school. We weren't really close, but I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to him. Oh, me too. I I yeah. I I can't wait. I know that we had a great conversation with him in person, and then some of the audio got corrupted a little bit. So we did this phone call, but it, it's been great to just kind of go over some of those things again. It was really awesome to hear from him. And like you said, I wasn't close with him either, but just really awesome to like just be with him and just reminisce and hear some stories from him. It's always fun to hear some of these stories from people, uh, from people we didn't hang out with as much. And so I'm looking forward to a great conversation. Yeah. So here's our conversation with Jeff. Jeff Hoskins. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Are you like, now that you're a grown up, do you go by Jeffrey? Uh, work everything on my email signatures, Jeffrey, but it's still Jeff. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my team's taking to call me boss Haas and that's kind of stuck now. So <laughs> that, that's how I'm known at work. So it, it works like everybody, all my friends, you know, close friends in high school called me Haas. So I guess boss Haas works. It rhymes. It's a solid <laughs> nickname. Yeah. Just trying to get them Duke boys. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the only negative connotation with it, so I can live with it, I guess. Yeah. Catch us up. Like, yeah. Tell us what you've been up to the last 17, 18 years. All right, well, let's see. So straight out of high school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with life yet, so I went to work with my brothers. They are doing residential electricity. And so I made like buku bucks that summer, just working overtime. That's all I did. I worked like 14 hour days. But anyways, then I got enrolled up at the U and I was not ready for college. 
so that was like the worst I've ever done in school. Failed my first class. It was great. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Um, but after that, you know, I had some good friends were good influences, got me set straight and, you know, served a mission. I went to New York, New York, Spanish speaking. It was, Give yeah, yeah it, <laughs> it was awesome. Um, helped me to grow up quite a bit. Um, got me out of this bubble of Utah and introduced me to a way of life that was just completely foreign to me and couldn't believe that I was still in the United States at the same time. So it was kind of cool. Uh, but that helped me to grow up. I came home, uh, got back into school right away, uh, back at the U. Had a five-year plan all laid out. Like I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I got a degree in psychology, and then you know, I'm gonna, I, I wanted to be a seminary teacher. And if you ever took a seminary class and I was in it, you, you'd be asking yourself, why on earth would you <laughs> want to take, be a seminary teacher? Because I was the kid that was either disruptive or sleeping. But that's what I wanted to do, and so. Uh, that was my five-year plan, so got through college, uh, midway through, met my wife, um, got married, and see, you met my wife before, I don't know if you remember, it's when you were dating one of her friends at the time, but... Uh, What's your wife's name? Darcy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... You're married to... So I married to Darcy, and uh, Darcy was good friends with Meryl, so... There you go. So anyways... Uh, Met my wife, we got married, and then I graduated soon thereafter, and I got into the seminary teaching program. And if you don't know anything about it, it's like... It's super competitive. It's competitive right? yeah. and rigorous. Like, it's a three-year ordeal. Hmm. So it's, it's one year of just taking courses up at the Institute. Then it's like, a, then you go through a trial run with student teaching and so I did that and then if you're if you make it past that you go through like a full year of student teaching and so I got through the two student teaching so I did a year of student teaching at Olympus Junior High oh, yeah. and so I was like all right this is awesome I'm gonna do this it's gonna set my life up you know got my wife we were expecting our first baby and so I was just like yeah like life is great this is gonna be awesome they took four teachers that year out of a pool of 25. Oh, dang. And so I remember I was at my, at my job at the time at Zions Bank, and I remember getting the phone call, and they're like, sorry, we're not going to hire you this year. And, and they tell you, don't come back. This is it. Once you're done, move on. So make sure you have a solid plan B. Well, I didn't really have a solid plan B. Because they're like, we're going to have a, another pool of like every year. So yeah. it's like if you didn't make it, like, don't try again? Yeah, don't, don't come back. Because they said, like, in the past they had, you know, people that would come through and they like just get stuck. Or and, and they wouldn't move on. And mm -hmm. so it's just like, when that happened, I was just like crushed. I was like, wow, what am I going to do? I've got, I just had a baby and I can't support my family on this job I bet, like, right now. Through that year where you were doing the student teaching, where you're like, this is going pretty good. Like, yeah. I, I'm loving this. Like, it feels like oh, a good fit. Oh, it was fit. so fun. It was so fun. Like I, I taught ninth graders, so that was kind of a challenge. And I know I, I was not the easiest <laughs> to teach as a ninth grader, but yeah. So I was like stoked for it and was so excited. And then it just didn't work out. And I was just like, oh man. So I did that, and then I just stuck with uh, Zion's Bank. Um, I was in a back office group doing operational stuff, and I started getting into doing some some side projects, and. One of the managers there at the time just kind of took me under her wing and was like, hey, come do this. And then 
you know, things worked out salary wise and that. And so we got into a comfortable spot, but then it was just like, all right, well, is this really going to support things? Well then like, like not even six months later, I'm like in another position, getting another, you know, promotion in that. And so it's like, well, maybe this is what I should stick with. I'm good at it, obviously. So I got into project management and, uh, did that. I've been doing that. Uh, well, I did that from like 2013 and then I started getting into leadership at the, at Zions Bank. So I've been there for 15 years now. I'm now a senior leader over a larger operations team. So we do all the communications, procedures, and uh, projects for retail banking, so branch banking. So it's been, it's worked out really well. So anyways, that's career-wise how things have gone. And then I mentioned, you know, I got married in... Yeah, you had one coming. You had 2009, yeah. So now uh, we've got three kids total. Uh, my oldest is 11. Her name's Brecklin. Um, she is a carbon copy of me. Um, Personality-wise, uh, I've got a soon-to-be eight-year-old Ainsley. And she is a spitfire. <laughs> She's great. And then I've got a five-year-old little redhead, Jameson. So. That's like almost That's exactly insane. the same age as my kids. That's so cool. Yeah. That's crazy. It's cool. That's like that Spider-Man. Yeah. Pointing at each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So now uh, we live out in Stansbury Park. We've been out there since 2013. We've just solidified ourselves out there in our community and heavily involved in comp soccer was my oldest and so i, I was going to ask if it's a spinning image of you huh yeah so uh so yeah she plays soccer i coach her team with uh one of the other dads we've been doing it oh, since they were probably six we've been coaching them and it's hmm. been it's been a lot of fun so yeah do that my other daughter dances and my younger son's getting into soccer now so we're heavily involved in that and then you know with the church in that in a bishopric which is you know keeps us busy but yeah that's that's kind of catching us up to where we're at right now that's great are you working in salt lake or are you like working like out in Stanford? yeah so probably around 2018 2019 i started working from home a lot more and so even before the pandemic i was working from home but they just built us a new building in midvale um, by Gardner Village, and so now I'm going into work a couple days a week, which is pretty good. So, do so, you have a when you're coaching? Have you had like some moms or dads get in your face about like how much your, their kid is playing or whatnot? Um, you know, it's been pretty low key, and, and I'm the assistant coach, so I don't get to deal with that heat quite a bit. Um, so, Talk to him. basically, yeah. So. But yeah, we, we've had this list last year has been a little rough year. Like I say, my daughter's a spitting image of me. She's a little bit of a hothead. Um, so if you knew me playing sports, I, I can get, get hotheaded. Um, so yeah, we've been, we've been struggling with that this year. <laughs> and so we've been trying to teach her, you know, how to be a good sport, how to, you know, be good competitive wise, to be a good competitor, be a good teammate. And so, yeah, she's, she's got that from her dad. You know, it seems like it would be nicer to have them have too much of that anger and energy and competitive fire instead of like come on like care more like, <laughs> like, I have the opposite my kids are just like yeah whatever I'm like buddy just just try a little more 
at all, even a little. Okay, like, you I would, anything you want if you score some points. <laughs> I would rather have I would rather have them be too intense than just like. Well, see, it, it, the, yeah, you know? it, and it's funny because on the field, she's so intense. At practice, she's so intense. She wants to be the best. She wants to be the one scoring goals. But then off the field, it's like, hey, let's go for a run. Let's get your, your endurance up so you can, you know, play a full game, at, you know, and, and not get winded. No. <laughs> I don't want to do that. It's like, you're, that, that's me again. Like, I love playing the game, but putting in the extra work. No, no thank you. It wasn't about it. So. That's funny. <laughs> Kids are the best. <laughs> so tell us about teenage Jeff who was Jeff Hoskins back in uh, 2003-2004 alright well I guess back in high school some of the good things I guess I'd say would be you know I was very athletic I played soccer uh, played basketball sophomore year uh, loved playing volleyball too uh, you know had a good core group of friends you know Randero Davis Timpson and Chris Langston we were all always hanging out with each other, and then we always hung out with other groups of friends too. So that that was um, you know very important to me in, in high school. It's just you know the friends that I had kept me out of uh, not necessarily kept me out of trouble, but uh, supported me through some rough patches in high school that we all go through. So, but one of the things that is uh, burned to my mind, and you talked about like being competitive too, but like we had volleyball class together a lot and I just remember like you were a good outside hitter you could hit you could hit it really well and I just remember it, like it wasn't ace it was uh kill Hoskins kill you just yell out like because you know the teacher would keep stats for people that I remember Hoskins kill Hoskins kill. you know you'd yell it out a, a whole bunch yeah and then uh when we started keeping track of like sets is sets too like Heather Tech was on my team, and so it turned into Peck the Hoskins. Peck the Hoskins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that, that was that was lots of fun. But yeah, like you say, though, like I, I, I get super competitive in sports. Like I'd have a lot of people tell me, "Man, you you get really aggressive on the building." Because like, so I was listening to uh, uh, Robert Hitz's episode this morning, and he was talking about Senior Hewitt, and it totally triggered this memory. Of my of our senior year, we were playing Hillcrest at home and for soccer, and I don't remember what happened, but I just got yellow carded for like a rough tackle. So every time you got a yellow card, you had to go off the field for a little, for a little bit, and then you could just turn around and come back in. You just had to sub off, and then you'd sub, sub right back in. It's the strangest rule in high school. I don't, I don't quite understand it, but I came back on the field. And then all of, I, all of a sudden I hear this, Hoskins, you're a dirty player. And I'm like, I turned around and I see Senior Hewlett just standing on the sideline and he's just bright red. And I'm like, <laughs> Senior Hewlett, take it easy. And he's like, I won't take it easy, Hoskins. <laughs> Did you like tackle his kid or something? <laughs> I don't know if it was like his kid or his nephew or something. Man, he was just, he was heated. And I was like, I do like I, I didn't feel like I was playing overly aggressive that game like but like I, I was an aggressive player like I didn't back down from a challenge I went to every challenge you know full strength and you know like I got the first red cards in four years since my brother played high school soccer and so that was like a big deal so I don't know I guess and, and that that was kind of BS 
that. But <laughs> anyway, so that that was just a really funny memory that I that you know came to mind this morning as Senior Sheila yelled at me. So, what were some of the things that were like important to you back then? What were like, would you say, the most the things that occupied your mind? Yeah, it was really important uh, to me to get good grades, to try and be, you know, a straight shooter as best I could in school. Uh, the youngest of five kids, and so a couple of my siblings gave my parents a, a pretty rough go when they were in high school. So I, you know, I didn't want to put them through another one of those experiences. Though if they knew some of the stuff I, you know, did with friends and some of the trouble we kind of got into, they probably would have had a heart attack for me. But uh, no, it, it was important to me to get good grades, be a good student. You know, I, I did. I, I got good grades. I learned how to cut corners a lot, though. Like I'm sure I bragged Miss Barnes with Diet Coke a lot, <laughs> turning late assignments. Um, they got Heather Perry turning assignments too for like this sports sewing class. So it's just you know stupid things I did to find ways to still get good grades, but not put in like all the effort. So that was really important. Then like uh, just like the relationships I have with my friends were super important to me. Um, yeah, I think the memory, happened. like a memory of you, is like you. Davis Timpson and Ryan Darrow, like it's like you three. I always remember seeing you get you three together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we were always hanging out with you know every weekend. You know, we we play poker, Halo a lot, and you know, brought in a lot of other friends too. So yeah, it, the three of us were, were really really good friends. So you know, so yeah, that, that, those were important things to me. You know, sports were too. Just having fun with friends was, was really important. You know, I like to have a good time. So tell us, how are you different? How, who is Jeff Hoskins today? I would say I've mellowed out quite a bit. I'm not quite as hot-headed as I used to be. You know, like in basketball practice, sophomore year, I got hot-headed at practice and punched the wall, broke my hand. You know, that's kind of how I responded when things weren't quite going the way I wanted them to do. You know, I for whatever reason, I set like a really high standard for myself. If I didn't reach that, I'd get really upset and angry. And so, like today, I, I'm totally different than that. But I, I pass that trait on to my daughter. You know, she gets <laughs> up at it just like I used to. And back in like she got really upset that she didn't, you know, advance the state in her science fair project. It's just like it's just a science fair project. But you know, she got really mad. I'm like, man, that's so me. <laughs> so I, I've learned how to kind of cope with those emotions and focus on you know the things within my circle of control if I can do something about it then I'll care about it but if it's something that's out of my control I can't do anything about it you know I just try and you know let it let it, let it go and move on and look for lessons that I can learn to improve or you know whatnot so, so I've changed a lot in that way how did that come about? Like, when did you start realizing, like, that maybe you were being too hot-headed? Or how did, how, what were the catalysts that, like, all of a sudden started mellowing you, mellowing you out? Like, one of the biggest things I did it was, you know, you know, I talked about how, you know, I tried to get into seminary teaching. And when that didn't work out, you know, like, I, I took it, like, really hard and, let it impact me for way longer than I should have. And like, I would say it even made me, you know, depressed to a degree. And so I just didn't cope with that well. And 
it was impacting, you know, family relationships. You know, like my wife knew that I was taking it hard and she tried to make it better, but I was better. I was just angry about it. And then, you know, after a while, it was just like, why? Why am I being so angry about this? Like, it happened. Being angry is not going to change it. And look at, you know, strain I'm putting on, you know, an otherwise really good marriage. And it, it just dawned on me. It's like, yeah, this is really dumb. <laughs> I'm not going to be angry about this anymore. I'm going to look back at what's happened since then. And as I did that, you know, in hindsight, things are always 2020 because, you know, looking back, like, things at work, you know, at my, at my job at Science Bank, you know, worked out like even better like I like I was making more money at the bank than I would have as a teacher it's just like you know things worked out for the better you know and so that was that was a really good eye-opener for me you know if you can't do anything about it move on and look for the lessons you can learn and from the experience and pursue you know something else you know endure and just move forward I love it what else what other changes have you had I would say, you know, where I like to get out and have a good time in high school and totally different in that respect. You know, I, I just love being at home, hanging out with my kids, hanging out with my wife. Um, she's the social butterfly, so she hates that without me. But, <laughs> you know, we, we still will go out, you know, with some friends in the neighborhood and whatnot, you know. But, um, so I've changed that way a little bit. Um, I'm definitely not as social as I once was. I you know, still love sports, but I don't play them as much. But I, I, you know, with coaching my daughter's team, um, I get to enjoy sports that way. With you know those experiences I had as a kid with my daughter, as she experiences them for herself, which is pretty cool. And definitely more laid back. I like to feel that you know, like I, I'm a pretty accepting person. You know, I like to feel like I'm understanding of who people are you know like i don't get upset when people are driving crazy or cutting me off i'm like oh they probably have a bad day or something you know like that so just uh few changes like that i feel you know i've really matured since you know high school and grown up a little bit oh that's awesome what are some of the things that you're into now yeah so i definitely uh enjoy coaching my daughter's soccer team you know passionate about my family and my faith Love uh, fly fishing, backpacking, anything outdoors, really camping. And then, of course, uh, smoking meats. I know you guys love that, too. Uh, oh, yeah. That's one thing I'm big into. I saw a thing that said, once you turn 35, you either do one of two things. You become an expert on World War II history, or you start smoking meat. It's definitely the latter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the things that you like to make? Brisket's a favorite. Um, and turkey's another favorite. Uh, we do ribs a lot too. And even, we'll even do like simple things like just um, smoke some like either chicken thighs or chicken breasts and make barbecue chicken nachos. Like so good. You ever Dang. use it for like pizza? Like get like yeah. a Papa Murphy's. We do it for Papa Murphy's. Yeah. Pork tenderloin's another good favorite that we'll do. It's just like pork's like the cheapest meat you can mm -hmm. get right now. So get... I know the classic is like people won't smoke, smoke a pork butt or a pork, mm -hmm. pork shoulder and like just make tons of pulled pork. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah, we love doing that Can't too. Can't go wrong. That'll go. Yeah, it'll last forever and feed it on you. Yeah. And what we'll do now though is like we'll get the leftovers and we'll pull out the cast cast iron skillet, throw it on the stove top, and you can like almost make carnitas out of it. And it's nice. so good. Yeah. So, Damn, we should take a break and go do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you said coaching. So, like, you've been coaching your daughter's team since she was about six? Yeah. Is it most of the same girls on that same it team? It is, yeah. It's a lot of the same girls, which has been a lot of fun to watch. You know, some of them that were really shy at first just, like, come out of their shell and just dominate. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. What are some of the differences you've noticed for you, like coaching style or how you are, like when they were six and seven to now they're 11 and actually have like control of their bodies? Um, it, it's been interesting because my daughter's always been like a head taller than everybody. and She still kind of is. And so younger, she, she and two of her good friends would just go dominate. Like we started them in rec soccer and they just go out and just annihilate like scoring goals and all this so that was a lot of fun but now that they're all a little bit older the competition's all caught up with them and and that's part of what's made it a lot more challenging for my daughter she's not the you know the goat on the field anymore she's like having to deal with others stepping into the limelight and Hmm. and shining and and so that's that's been another challenge and we, we, oh, this was like, this fall season was so hard because we just had all these girls just competing to be that alpha dog on the team. And like, it came out of practice and it's like, whoo, these girls are catty. And they're, they're like, wow. We weren't expecting to deal with this for a couple more years. But yeah. So, but it like, and like, I'll, I'll acknowledge my daughter wasn't, was like right in the crux of it. Like, she's getting mad and like taking her teammates out of practice and like we had to pull her out of practice and sit her down and she's like <laughs> Woo. so um yeah that's definitely been something we didn't anticipate having to deal with but um you know parents are all behind us they're like you guys are awesome you're doing so good we understand what's going on so you know that <laughs> like a challenge like i never thought we'd have to deal with is you know just you know, the cattiness within the team, but you know, they, they worked it out and we've had some changes on the team. We'll see how they go. And so, you know, that, that was, that was definitely different, you know, going from younger age to now, but uh, the level of play is just incredible Yeah. nowadays. Like I, we watch some of these teams we're playing and it's like, man, when I was playing, I bet we would lose to these girls. Like they are intense. Hmm. It is crazy. What have been your biggest lessons that you've learned? Definitely cooler heads prevail. That's uh, it's a big lesson. Um, one lesson that we, my wife and I both have learned is, you know, you, you can't please everybody. You just can't. We, we've had a lot of heartache in some family relationships where for one reason or another, there's, you know, a disagreement or hurt feelings and, you know, we would try and understand, okay, well, how can we make this better? Put all this work in to try and fix this relationship and just not getting anywhere. And it's like, it was so hard, like to, to deal with that. And like, it, it got to the point where it's like, well, do we continue trying to force this relationship to work or do we just kind of let it, let it go? Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's hard with family it's because so they're going to be essentially you're in each other's lives for a really, really long time. Yeah. I mean, so it it was extremely hard, more so for my wife than for me. It's still, you know, 
hard to this day, but even, I mean, we had an experience where it was just like clear to us. It's like, okay, th- this is the right decision. So like that was, you know, a really valuable lesson that you, you just can't please everybody as much as you want to, as much as you want them to see you for who you are and like you and accept you. Some people just aren't going to do that. Sometimes you have to make that hard decision just to pick up and move on. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's been one of the harder lessons, uh, that we've learned. Um, also, you know, like, uh, just, just enduring, you know, um, like, like, you know, we were talking before, I, I haven't had like trials, like some others, you know, that, that have been on here, like not even close, but you know, when we're going through our trials, it's the worst thing you're going through at the moment. Right. You know? Yeah. It's the worst thing ever, but I've just learned that you just endure through it and reflect back on it and you'll learn that that's exactly what I needed to be. That's exactly what needed to be happening in my life at that time because it taught me this lesson and it made me this person just through, you know, like the seminary experience like the, so hard, but I've grown so much from that, um, made, made me a better person. So a couple of lessons. Yeah, no, yeah. that's great. I love that. Do we have any beef? I, I honestly don't know. Like, this is the thing, like in high school, like, like where I stayed in my lane, I, I was like sarcastic to like a fault. And so I probably offended a lot of people or, you know, said stupid things to people. So I, I don't know, like, I don't really have any beef other than you guys were w- way cooler than me. <laughs> no, we, I don't have any beef. Either. <laughs> so, I don't know why not either. <laughs> No, it's like, you guys I'm are sorry just, for that. <laughs> like, I just remember, I can't remember what class it was in, but it was like one of the first classes I had with you, Gonzo, where I was just like, how is this kid always happy? Like, <laughs> nobody should be this happy, you know? And, but it's like, that's who you were. It was awesome. And uh, I wish I could have been more like that, you know? But <laughs> no, I, I really don't have any beef. And, and like, you, you really have to take me off to really make beef with me honestly so I just didn't play soccer with you enough <laughs> probably yeah you know? but it's funny because there is one kid that played at copper hills i think it was and we totally had like an on-field feud so that's like the only beef i had in high school <laughs> <laughs> copper hill kid <laughs> send us an email <laughs> so no no, no do you no have beef. a fun story or a fun memory you want to share oh man um yeah, I've been trying to think back to a lot of, of the fun memories that I've had. Because you mentioned, like, you did a lot of pranks and, like, dumb things. Yeah. And I'd so, love to hear some of those. Well, I'll, I'll share one, um, and hopefully this will elicit her to, to get on here. But um, so Mandy Williams and I, we dated in high school, right? And so we broke up. I, I was a bad breaker-upper in high school, too. You know, that was that was a thing for me. But um, <laughs> so sorry, anybody I dated. But um so we were still friends, but like we, we were at, I think it was wildflower park, like a whole bunch of people got together for some reason. So all of us were there and then people started fizzling out and you know, me, Davis, Ryan, Chris, we're all just kind of hanging out, like figuring out what we wanted to do. Well, then a group started to leave to go get surfies or something. And, and so Mandy was going and she was going, she left her Jeep there and was going to go ride with somebody else. And so I'm watching her leave. And then she just, she looks at me and she's just like, 
I don't trust you. And so she walks back and locks the doors to her Jeep. <laughs> I was like, dang, okay. Because it was a manual. So we were planning on like putting it in a neutral and moving it. So. She knew. <laughs> so she knew something was up as soon as she saw us. And so I was like, oh, man. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go try the back hatch, you know, because Jeeps have that separate hatch. That back hatch was unlocked. So I was like, sweet. So we crawl in through the back hatch and then get in there and then hit the clutch in, put it in neutral, start rolling it, and then the wheel locks, you know. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man. So we're like, well, let's just move it into the middle of the parking lot, call it good. Well, I start snooping through the center console a little bit, and then I see a key at the bottom of the console. I'm like, I'm like, no <laughs> way is that a key to her Jeep. And so I pull it out and then put it in the ignition. Sure enough, starts right No. Out. All my friends are over like, what did you do? That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just like, no way. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so like, we're like, I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do enough that she'll hate me forever. And I don't want to do something that I'll get arrested for, but I want to do something that's still going to be funny. And so what we did is like at wildflower, you know, it was one of those parks that had like the hill and then it went down. Yeah. So what we did is we drove it up over the curb and parked it up on top of the hill and just left it there. <laughs> and so it wasn't really like that ambitious of a prank, yeah. but it, we still thought it was hilarious, but we thought it would be even more funny to get Chris's camcorder and film her reaction to it. So of course. We, we all took our cars, <laughs> drove around the corner and then just ran back over and we were hiding in the bushes and I'm like, Oh, I better put my phone on silent. Everybody put your phones on silent. So they come back and sure enough, my phone just starts buzzing. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I'm glad I put it on silent. So, you know, she can hear the phone ringing and know we were there, but oh man, she just, she just left me this nasty message, but we were just, it was so funny. So, and you have a video of this. Do you still, I, does anyone still have Chris that Langston. <laughs> yes. If you have this video. Uh, it, I mean, it's so it's like, sounds really dumb, but it was so funny to like, 17 year old kid at the time like we thought we were so hilarious so i wish i could have seen your face when you saw that key just like your eyes just <laughs> light up oh it's just like one of those no way and yeah it, it was good so i mean we, we like doing stuff like that um just pranking people yeah i love it so, i love so a good fun. prank <laughs> yeah, i mean do you have so anything on your list that you wanted to hit on that you haven't hit um, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, one of the other things I'm passionate about, like I love fly fishing. I love fly tying, love backpacking in the UNS. So if anybody wants to head up there, hit me up. How often are you out fly fishing? Uh, not as much as I'd like to be just because of other responsibilities, but I try to get out two to three times a year, do like a three, two to three day backpacking trip awesome get off the grid and have you always done that or is that something you do more as you gotten older uh, just more as i gotten older um so i have an older brother he's 10 years older than me but he lives you know just out not too far from us in stansbury and so like we, we've just grown closer over the years and so he's really gotten me into a lot of that and so he and i will go quite a bit that's cool and do that's that awesome. so Anyways, um, but no, um, so this is another good one. Um, Zach will appreciate this one, Zach Hewlett. So like we, we had this psychology class. I don't know if you remember Miss Barnes. Did you guys have Miss Barnes at all? I don't think so. Okay. So it was AP psychology is a really cool class, but I get bored in that class all the time. And Miss Barnes like 
knew to keep me away from Zach and the Humza. And I can't <laughs> There was a few of us in that class. Uh, Ryan Darrow is in that class too. So she literally put me all the way next to the window and just surrounded me by girls. Like I was surrounded on all sides. And so I was just. That's bored. called girl trapped. Yes. Yep, girl trapped. <laughs> so I just remember like I was so bored. And so like Zach, like we were, I was like in the fourth row back and Zach was like all the way on the opposite side of the room from me. And so there's all this scrap paper on the ledge of the window. So I just grab a piece and I crumple it into this ball like as quietly as I can. And so Miss Barnes would turn around and write up on the board. And so she turns and I just turn and I see chuck this paper ball across the room and just tagged that right <laughs> inside of the And everybody saw it. So everybody's just like holding in this laugh and Zach just gets mad. He's like, there's no way you're going to do this to me. So he gets the paper ball back and he's just waiting for his moment to get back at me. And so he seizes that window of opportunity. And it was one of those moments where the teacher like turns to write, but then she's <laughs> turns back to like make a point, you know, right as he's, <laughs> pulling the trigger to throw it back at me and so she's just like Zach Hewlett get out of my classroom <laughs> but 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 yeah Hoskins yeah. threw it at me he did it for totally rest you so yeah so those are, those are a couple of fun fun memories but oh, shoot, that's so funny <laughs> Do you, have, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So, Do you have anything you'd like to promote? Or? Uh, personally, no, I don't. Everybody um, use Zion's Bank. Yeah. Yeah, it won't benefit me at all, so I really don't care if you use Zion's Bank. But. When you go in to deposit your money, but you know what? You know who the best project manager in here is? <laughs> Hoskins. Boss Hogg. Boss Hogg. Boss Hogg. Yeah, I could promote my brother's business. He does the residential electricity, Hoskin Brothers. So, you ever need Hoskin one? Brothers? You ever need an electrician? There you go. Okay. There you he, go. He hasn't sold it. Hasn't sold it. No. All of the mom and pop like places are getting purchased by private equity right now. So yeah. I'm sure they'll be knocking on his door next. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's had it since oh seven. They sur- like they survived the market crash. Oh wow! And he's kept it afloat. So, but no, yeah, I don't have any side hustles or anything like that. Thanks so much for coming over. It's really yeah. good to see yeah, you and to it, have you on per- in person. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. In person is the way to do it. Yeah, and you look great, by the way. Like I'm in the good. worst shape of my life. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> that sweater hides it real good. <laughs> There's still plenty of hair on top of his head looking good. Oh, that's about, yeah, I got that going for me. (laughs) I love it. Thank you for coming over and sharing and just, it's really good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So Steve, we just got done talking to Jeff. What are your thoughts? I loved it. And I'm looking at him right now. It was great. It was so good to have him come over. As he was sharing his story, like, I felt like there was a few things that I just, I really, I really felt like I could relate to because he talked about how he got home from his mission and had this plan and he was going to do this plan and he took every step in this plan and then it didn't work. And I remember like I got home from my mission and it was like, I always joked that I wanted to be a DJ at the Arrow. I was like, I want to do that. And then 
now I joke and tell people that that was too hard. So dentist was my backup. plan. <laughs> but like, I was like, I'm going to be a dentist. So I took all the classes. I, I went to Slick. I went to the U. I graduated. I applied and I got waitlisted at a few schools and I didn't get in. Brick. And so I had spent the next year like, in limbo. So I didn't get told, no, like, I can't come back and do this. Like, don't reapply. It was more like, hey, you're waitlisted. So, uh, sent, fill out the secondary application. And then as soon as I did, it would be like, thanks for your money. Uh, no. Like, ah, why didn't you tell me no the first time? But I spent the next year, like, not knowing what I was going to do. And then I got waitlisted at a few schools again the second year. Like, I, I retook the entrance exam. I took a bunch of things and things were better. But just that thought of, like, holy crap. Like, what am I going to do if I don't do this? Because I had put all my eggs in that basket. Like, I had a degree that wouldn't really benefit me in any way. Like, I did a communications, like, argumentation and conflict. Uh, had nothing to do with, like, the sciences. Had nothing to do with biology or anything. And so hearing him say that, I, I, I remember that feeling of, like, holy crap. I got to, like... And luckily, I mean, I went nice. I was selling alarm systems. Like, we moved to North Carolina to do that. And worst low of my life I'm like out there not selling anything to anyone I remember it was like two o'clock in the afternoon I was sweaty I was by myself I was sitting in my car like Natalie had left because she was pregnant and her insurance wasn't good out in North Carolina so I was like by myself for a month not selling anything I lost all of our money <laughs> and then I get this call that was like you've been accepted it's like oh my gosh like I quit that day I drove home and uh like it worked out but I just I loved hearing that because it is like okay that didn't work out. And I loved how I just talked about just having that perseverance or like, like having to endure, like, okay, here's a lesson that sucked, but what can I learn from it? And how can I move on? And how can I be better because of that? And so I really liked that he, he shared that. I think the thing that jumped out at me was anger, like being angry. Mm. Like, it's not that I saw him be angry in middle school or high school, but I can just relate to, and I'm not like, an angry person, but I get really competitive and I, I'm still really competitive. I'd love to win, but I didn't realize like at one point I was getting really angry if I lost or if I wasn't like winning and like consciously trying to like, you know, I'm playing tennis with Gus or something and I like miss a shot or mess up and just like take a couple deep breaths and just like move on. And now like, I mean, obviously Gus is better at tennis than I am. So he's like, 95% of the time he's winning. Um, so You're it's like, like I've gotten so good at losing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like never mad about it. Just rolls right <laughs> off the bat. But I still like play super hard. I still like want to win. That's something that, you know, he said like, hey, people have brought it up to him. And he started just working on it. And like he's mellowed out throughout that time. So like, I can kind of relate to that. And I like that. Yeah. Another thing that he said that really like jumped was when he was talking about as he's getting older, understanding that you can't please everybody or that not everyone's going to love you. Or like he was alluding, alluding to um, like writing off a relationship or, and honestly this whole year I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, I mean, obviously you guys know, like, you know, I left the church and that has like, one of the hardest things about it has been the dynamics um, with my parents, like how we're going to kind of reevaluate or like our relationship. We essentially have to reset and figure out what's it going to be moving forward. And it's been 
it's been really hard. So I was thinking about what the, that because it it really jumped out at me when when he says that. I think, and I don't. Like he didn't go into any details, so we don't know. But I, hearing you say that, it's like yeah, it's really hard when one side is immovable in their opinion or in the like. It's like I'm so fixed in what I think that it's like there's no room for difference of opinion from the things that you've said. And it's like, that sounds like it would be so hard. Yeah, but it's not like I'm trying to move my parents. It's like, for a time, it's, I I was hoping that they would listen, like that they would hear me, but I'm not trying to like move them. I guess what I mean is just like an openness to allow someone to be different. Yeah. Like allow, yeah. allow you to change. Yeah. Because you're not the same as you were a few years ago. You're not the same as you were as a kid. And I think... I think that is sometimes it's hard for parents to have their kids grow up and not do things that they think they, they should just do. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you're a grown man with a mortgage and a job and kids and like you make decisions differently than your parents. I know. Having, having a mortgage, having a lot of debt makes you an adult. That's right. <laughs> like that, that, that stress is what keeps you awake. You know, when, when he was saying that, I just thought, I can't remember what I was listening to. This is not for me, but I love the thought. It's like, even with good relationships, like there are some friends that, you know, I was so close with X person and I haven't talked to a person in years. And I know that if I reached out and called right now, we would have a great conversation, but it's like, that was the season, like that season of my life. I had that relationship that was really good and I got what I needed and it's a new season of my life. It doesn't mean I don't care about that person. It doesn't mean that that person's there, but I'm in a new season. I have new people that I'm interacting with. I have new things that I'm working on. And that's okay. And I think that sometimes it's, we feel like we're supposed to have relationships and it's supposed to look like this. And yeah, it's easy to feel bad when it doesn't. But you know what? It's okay. I mean, he talked about a bunch of stuff. And I, just, I thought it was just really good to, uh, I think, mellowing out is a, good, is a good thing for all of us. But it's interesting because as we get older, there's not a lot of, outlets for us to like get out our aggression and so like i like that he brought up that he goes fly fishing he takes those trips a few times a year just to get out it's cool that he has a brother that does that and like it makes me think i know like ray does that i know sway does that and sway takes time to just be by himself and go do those things and i think it's really easy especially right now especially like if you're in the bishopric if you're like we get tied up with work and projects like take time to just go do something for you and uh, it's really easy to be like, ah, I'm just like, I'll do that later. I'm going to do this thing for my wife or this thing for my kids. But Or like, a lot I, of people I, feel guilty. I'm like super happy being selfish, being like, I really like, hey, I need, I'm going to go running for like a couple yeah. hours or something. You know, it's like, <laughs> bye, everybody. But it's hard for some people because it's like you have all your home responsibilities, whatever responsibilities. And it's like you feel guilty if you're, you know, hey, shutting everybody down for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it's... It's, it's a healthy, healthy good yeah. thing to do. And so I like that he brought that up. Um, and it, it was just great. It was great to just hear from him. And I love some of those stories. I love, I wish I could just, I also want to throw a ball of paper at Zach's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that story was so funny. It, it was great to hear from him. I love what he had to share. And it was just good to have him over. Yeah, me too. No beef though, unfortunately. Uh, next time. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that video though. <laughs> If you'd like to be on the podcast, send us an email, jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Bye. Thanks. Bye.